Hello and welcome to the Booktopia podcast. I'm Olivia, I'm sitting here with Ben Hunter, and our guest today is the author of Below Deck, Sophie Hardcastle. Welcome, Sophie. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming in. It's such a pleasure to have you here with us. Um, We're very excited about your new book, which is a very big deal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm equally excited and terrified. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling Um, all the feels. That's a good way to be. um, Sophie, how... Your bio is really long for someone so young. <laughs> How would you describe yourself? Oh, gosh. Um, an author, an artist, a screenwriter and a scholar. I love it. Yeah. Terrific. Um, how did you become all of those things? <laughs> oh, what have I done? Um, I, I mean, I've always written stories and I always love writing stories. Um, but actually when we were signing before, I was telling you how if you'd told me when I was 15 that I was going to be an author and not a professional surfer, I would have like keeled over and died um, <laughs> because that was like absolutely what I thought I was going to be doing. Um, took a bit of a detour, started writing books, went and studied fine arts, um, then recently started writing for screen, like quite recently in the last year. Um, and then have been working at Oxford as a research assistant for the last year and a half. Um, so that's where the scholar scholar aspect comes in. And it's at scholar. Uh, it's at Oxford that this book below deck was written. It was, yeah. Um, how did that project come about? How but how how long has this book been gestating? How 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 did it come together? Yeah. So I think I'd been thinking about the book for about. I probably have been thinking about the book for the last three years. Um, And then in 2018, I got a scholarship to go and study as a provost scholar. And what that meant was um, they take three Australasian students and it was to give Australasian students kind of a taste of what it would be like to do a PhD at Oxford. Um, And so we did two terms of research and then in our third term, we were allowed to do a research project. And the idea was that we would write a thesis and I asked if I could write a novel instead. Um, And so I did two terms of research where I wrote, I think, 26 essays, um, like 26, 3,000 word so essays. you are an essayist. Max Porter was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrote a lot of essays. Um, and then, so actually writing Blow Deck in my third term was quite relaxing compared to writing all of the academic essays. Yeah, because you're only one of two Australians to have gotten that scholarship. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I was, yeah, one of the first two. So there's there's been another two cents. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so what? What's that pressure like? Oh, it, was, it was really intense. Um, in Oxford, is yeah, this really uh, strange environment. Like, it's such a pressure cooker. Um, yeah, I can kind of, I mean, yeah, it's just like unlike any other place I've ever been. Um, but it, it was funny, like, so when I got the scholarship, we were the first two to have ever gotten it. And so, like, it was very much like making, they were sort of making up the program as we went along. And so I didn't really feel like there was, you know, like a long lineage of um, people that had had it before us that I needed to live, like, up to it or anything. Um, yeah, it was, and it was very much like we were sort of like the guinea pigs of them testing out how the scholarship was going to work. Um. Tell us a little bit about this book. Uh, I um, I was lying in bed awake last night um, thinking about uh, having this chat today. Um, and my significant other um, was uh, 
was saying, what's, what's keeping you up about it? And I said, I'm, I'm just terrified to talk about this. It's one of the most beautiful things we've ever read, but it's also one of the most harrowing things we've ever read. Um, it's really special and um, I feel all these things. <laughs> and she said, um, who's the book for? Is it, are you the target audience? Is it, is it for someone else completely? And I said, I don't know, but I've had this huge reaction to it. And I actually thought that's, that's a really good question. Like, who is this book for? Mm. It's quite, um, I was actually talking about this with a friend recently um, because I'd, I'd mentioned what the book was about to somebody and they said, oh, so it's a woman's story um, or like a story for women, which I found quite interesting. Um, I, I think absolutely there will be a lot of young women that will like identify with it and that it will resonate with. Um, but I think if I, yeah, if I kind of wanted it to be um, for a specific audience, it would be amazing if people that this is very much outside of their experience, like talking about victim shaming and talking about sexual violence. It would be amazing if people who this feels very outside of their like sphere of experience, that would be like, I would really like it if those people read this um, or kind of anybody that, you know, wants to try and say that rape culture doesn't exist that I would, I would really like that person to read this book. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> well said. Um, tell us a little bit about your character, whose name is also Olivia. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, she absorbs her world in the most fascinating way. It's, mm. it's floral, it's technicolour, it's, it's synesthetic. Um, uh, and that creates a, a prose that shimmers out of the book um, and... Uh, actually just says a lot with very few words <laughs> she can she can capture the whole mood of something by feeling its color or its mm. sound um how how did you come about to create such a character oh very good questions um so i think basically i like so i went to antarctica um in this will make sense why i'm starting with this but i went to antarctica <laughs> in 2017 um, on an art artist residency. Um, and when I got back, I was trying to make sense of how much this place had changed me. And I started making art, like making paintings based on the sounds that I'd heard because I, I have synesthesia. And so when I was in Antarctica, I was listening to glaciers carving and then came back and painted glaciers in the colors that I saw them when they were carving, if that makes sense. Yes, and mm. what kind of radical colours are it glaciers? Were very pink. Um, I was yeah, looking like, at some of these last night, actually. Yeah, They're beautiful. All, all of these like really amazing um, pinks. Yeah, and 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 so then like was kind of yeah was making these paintings for a year before I started writing this book, um, where I feel like I kind of explored, I don't know what Antarctica meant to me, and sort of unpacked that experience through paintings and then a year later was like when I started to write this it was the first time that I'd used synesthesia or my synesthesia like hearing um hearing sound in color and it was the first time I'd used that in my painting and then I was like how about I write this like maybe Ollie can have synesthesia um and it felt like the most natural way for me to write because that's very how I write like her character is very much how I feel like I experience the world mm. um and so it felt very natural I think for me to be 
writing her experience in the world in that way. And this is essentially a thing you've had your whole life. Yeah. Could you Could you just talk a little bit about uh, how that's been as a thing for people who have never heard of it before? <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so the way that it's kind of manifests in me, I guess, is or the way that it works in me is I hear um, sound and colour. So different, like listening to music has like a very... Um, yeah, kind of an amazing visual experience um, or is an amazing visual experience. And then, like, different people's voices have very strong colours. So I will sometimes not be able to remember a person's name or their face, but I can remember very distinctly what colour they were. Um, and then, like, numbers and words have really strong colour associations as well. But I think the most interesting thing about it for me is that there are some colours that I'll see or associate with something that actually physically don't exist and so in my like paintings I'll be like oh like the closest thing I can think of to describe this person's voice or or this like landscape is like I'll try and paint the colour but it's not exactly what I see in my head because it's what I've seen in, in my head is actually it's not, not in a our real spectrum colour. yeah wow yeah. which is quite wild so um, wild <laughs> There's a, a, a theme that reverberates through this book about choice and survival. Um, there's a thought that appears in the text again and again, we choose to breathe. Um, Olivia, the character, experiences the kind of the worst of male behaviour. Um, and it opens up all these kind of questions about uh, what is the nature of choice, what is the nature of consent, um, of what choices do we expect women to make mm. um, in order to survive, to function, to feel love, to operate society? Um, how did you kind of pinpoint on that phrase or that theme as a way of exploring um, mm. such a heavy, heavy, heavy topic in yeah. such a beautiful book? Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, yeah, well, I think... So I, I, it started... My friend and I were, were in Oxford and went to uh, a philosophy like, seminar and we were riding our bikes home and I can't remember who the philosopher was that we were... Um, must have been a good speak. one. It must have been great. But, but <laughs> it, was, it was all about free will um, and whether or not we actually have free will. And basically my friend was arguing that we are mm. sort of the culmination of every single decision or every, sorry, every single... Um, thing that has happened to us and therefore like I'm not sitting in this chair saying these words right now because it's actually my free will it's it's because of everything that has influenced me is shaping the way that I'm like speaking right now and therefore that's not free will it was what he was trying to say and I was like no I don't accept that um I I I was like I want to believe that I have some agency or that um that I do have autonomy but it got me thinking about um, like the choices that we make or don't make. And breathing is something that, you know, we're not consciously making the decision to breathe. And yet in really trying and testing times, you might make the decision to continue breathing um, and to yet yeah, to like take that next breath when everything feels yet yeah, completely hopeless. Um, but the other thing that, that I found kind of interesting about, like, we choose to breathe, don't we? 
is that, I mean, the book, yeah, as you said, is about consent. And I think, like, without spoiling anything, I was very interested in writing, a, a, like, a, a scene, basically, that would be ambiguous in that um, Ollie makes some decisions and then she doesn't make other decisions. And I wanted it... I, I felt like if I was to write a book about um, sexual violence that was very clear-cut, it would... Like, there wouldn't be the same conversation about, like, what choices do we make in those moments and, and who is responsible for what and where is the onus lie. Um, and, like, when... Um, yeah, when someone crosses the line... Um, or like where is that line? Like I really wanted to have write a book that would make you try and figure out for yourself where that line was rather than it being like I know exactly what that is. It's not dictation. It's encouraging you to ask yeah, the question. to be you to like, figure exactly out where that line is. It's really good. <laughs> um, this book has so much um, energy behind it. It's a big international publishing phenomenon. <laughs> uh, there's... Uh, different publishers trying to clamour to get at it. Um, I understand you've had some really cool uh, mentors and advocates behind the book as well. Um, uh, what has been the, the process of putting it together um, in terms of publishing and editing? Yeah, well, um, wow, gosh, I like <laughs> just so many, I mean, yeah, I don't feel like we make, I mean, we don't make anything in isolation, do we? Like there's been people behind me the entire way I mean, even starting off with so my supervisor when I wrote it as my research project, um, he he was just like, I mean, I read the entire book aloud to him in his, um, like, um, in my tutorials. And, I mean, the fact that he was able to, like, sort of listen to all of that and absorb it and um, and he was just such a generous, like, he gave me all so much energy and was... Um, you know, I read like very difficult chapters out loud to uh, like, I don't know how old he is. But he's <laughs> the guy older. that um, <laughs> said that he's a former Booker judge yeah, and that yeah, it's worthy of the list. Booker, <laughs> Booker Prize judge. That's a very good endorsement. It was a nice endorsement, <laughs> wasn't it? So he said that to me on my last, um, I'm sorry, I've let detract, I've gone off track, but he said that to me on my, um, on the like, last day when I finished reading the book to him. Um, he was like, oh, this is really good. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And he was like, no, no, I used to be a judge for the man booker and, like, this would have been in my top 20. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. How do you and even he, respond to that? I oh, know, I didn't. I didn't know what to say. I'd say, do you know the number for a publishing agent? <laughs> I don't know. He was like, he was like um, oh, give me a hug. Like, I'm really proud of you. And I was like, oh, thank you. And I was just like, this is so crazy. Um, but yeah, and then and then like so we had my agent Benithan, um he like backed it straight away. Um, yeah, has like this was actually the first he signed me off Brooke's recommendation. Brooke Davis, Brooke who's Davis. the endorsement on the cover of your book. She wrote she wrote Lost and Found. Yeah, awesome book. Yeah, yeah, Brooke Davis. Um, so yeah, Benithan like was backing the book. Then. Um, we had two big publishers kind of fighting it out for the book, which was just so wild. Yes. Um, and especially because I was in the UK at the time, um, and so I basically didn't sleep for a week because I was up all night kind of following what was going on and then trying to work in the library during the day. Um, and 
yeah, it was just like a mess by the end of the week, but a very excited mess. It's a um, dream story. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, it's just kind of all been surprising me in kind of amazing and profound ways that again and again, like, yeah, all of the overseas sales every time I'm just like, yeah, quite shocked. <laughs> Different languages I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, in like eight territories now. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. And sorry, go sorry. on, Olivia. <laughs> I was going to say, as if it weren't, that story wasn't already incredible enough. You also, you've also got another project coming out as a screenwriter and co-creator and co-director. Is that right? Yeah. So my best friend and I, um, Charlie, we made a mini series called Cloudy River. It's about a couple in an open relationship that move in together, and how they try and navigate that now that they're sharing a space, um, and it's premiering next week um, as part of Queer Screen's Mardi Gras Film Festival and then the day after it goes up on SBS On Demand so people will be able to watch it. That's very exciting. Very exciting. (laughs) How's that experience been like compared to like being like a co-writer and co-director you kind of it's a very collaborative project as opposed to writing a novel all yourself. Did you find it hard to kind of relinquish that control a little bit and watch it kind of unfold and develop in front of you yeah yeah I mean it's like a very very different um I actually to be honest probably found it harder to like relinquish control having below deck like you know edited um because that I felt so close to it whereas Cloudy River was a sort of a collaboration right from the beginning so I didn't feel like I'd sort of sat with it myself it was like you know, it came out of conversations and real life events that were happening. Um, and yeah, and it kind of like was always a collaboration. But I found, I mean, I was saying this before, I feel kind of um, protective over um, over the show because I'm like so incredibly proud of this like family that's made this. Um, yeah, this like family of young people that um, like, I'm just like so proud of everybody that worked on it and everybody that's in it. Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm hoping that, that they that they get the praise that they deserve. Because, yeah, I'm very proud of them. I'm sure it'll find its audience. Yep, hope so. And um, this book tour I'm hearing is going to involve a, your mother and a combi van moving <laughs> halfway across the country. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, it'll be like a blast from the past because my mum used to drive me to all of my surfing competitions um, when I was a teenager and... Basically, we're going on a five-week um, road trip around the whole east coast of Australia and then kind of up from the Great Ocean Road to Brisbane inland. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope the combi survives the whole thing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the thrill, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we are just so um, excited for this book to go out into the world. It's one of the most physically beautiful books that's been published mm. in a long time. Uh, so look out for it on the bookshelf. Uh, it will just stun you. Um, Sophie, thank you for visiting us. Uh, we, we just really appreciate this. Uh, essayist, um, teenage surf prodigy, filmmaker, <laughs> artist, um, Arctic explorer. Scholar. Author. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. It's so nice. Thank you. And if you're listening at home, you can order your copy of Below Deck by Sophie Hardcastle from booktopia.com.au or from your local bookstore. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.